this week, I must say. There's so much swirling around our nation, and I was... I told Rachel even this late last night, I'm like, I don't know what to go, what, where to go, what to do. Man, I just want to follow the Lord, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to get there. And man, even this morning in prayer meeting, I'm still like, Jesus, say what you want to say. Do what you want to do. And I just felt like the Lord gave me some instruction that it comes out of this, which is kind of weird because we got all this other stuff going on. And I'm like, okay, let me have your heart. Let me have your mind. And um, you know, we've been in this fall for the family for a month now, really kind of kicked it off with Harvest Home, and then we've gone through three messages now, and then we had Hallelujah Night last week, the, the, the Wild West Fall Fest, and, you know, we are in a place where we need to have the heart and the mind of God. We need to walk in the instruction of our Father. We need to receive correction from Him. We need to walk in, in, in His power and His strength, and there's a way he accomplishes that in us. There's a way he instructs us to accomplish that in, 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 in the lives of others, particularly our children. And we need to be able to go there. We're going to talk about training for the way today. We're going to look at Proverbs 22, verse 6. We're going to look at Proverbs chapter 4. We're going to look at Deuteronomy chapter 6 in a real quick hurry. All right? Proverbs 22, verse 6 says this. Train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. The Bible says, train up a child. Do you know the United States, the foundation of this country, came from fathers who came here for religious reasons, to pursue Christ. Do you know that? The pilgrims came. Why? Because they wanted to worship God freely. The Puritans came. Why? Because they wanted to worship God freely. The Quakers came. Why? Because they wanted to worship God freely. And they believed that God had intentions and plans that would dictate all of life. As an infant, this nation was grown up to stand on the word and the truth of the scriptures. And the scriptures plainly tell us here, when we train up a child in the way that it should go, when it's old, it will not depart from it. There's something necessary about us getting back to our roots. There's something necessary about us understanding the, the instruction and the training that we have had. And there's something important about walking in that and sustaining that and asking God to help us carry out those things. Say so it's time to get back on track. Do you guys agree with me? It's time to get on track, stay on track, and follow Christ all the way to the end. This word train up a child, it literally means to help them find what way they are bent toward. What it means, to, to, it talks about, it, it, it's reference to a, to a tender shoot that you can bend it as it's young and make it grow a certain direction and it will spring up and it will stay in that capacity for its entire existence. It says, train up a child in the way it should, it should go. And when it's old, it will not depart. It's not only about right and wrong. It's about purpose. It's about destiny. It's about future. It's about everything in their life. It's about occupation and vocation. It's about calling and direction. I am kind of wound up today. I'm really sorry. I was wound up in prayer meeting today, and I'm just kind of, I may explode before this whole service is over. It's about making them Equipped to do what God wants them to do. You know, God wants to equip us to be the people of God. I'm worried for our nation, but I'm more worried for the church. I must be honest. We've been trained in the ways that we should go, and in some capacities, we've departed from that. And what's right isn't any, no longer right. It's maybe if you feel like it, or what circumstance 
you find yourself in. And the scriptures plainly declare there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death and destruction. We need to walk in the ways of the Lord. We need to walk in the training that we have. I don't mean church triumphant per se. I mean the church as a whole. Get me right here. Understand where I'm coming from. We have, we've been trained up in a way we should go. When I say discipline, what comes to your mind? What is discipline? Anybody? Somebody said training. What else? Correction. Self-control. Obeying. What? Pain. (laughs) Reminds me of a Rocky movie I saw once. What's your prediction for the fight? Pain. You guys remember remember Rocky 3, Mr. T? Huh? It's a battle. Discipline is a battle. Would anybody agree with that? Most of the time we think of discipline in the terms of punishment. That's the first thing we think of. Pain. I remember watching Bill Cosby as a kid. I don't know if you've ever seen his his, his Bill Cosby himself routine, his stand-up routine. And he talks about coming home to his wife and his wife sitting at the table and her, she looks like this, he says. I want you to go upstairs and kill that boy. (laughs) And we think of discipline, we think along those lines. You know what I mean? He talks about going up to his son and he's sitting there all pitiful on the bed in his room. He's got a reverse mohawk. And he uttered those words every parent loves to hear. What happened to your hair? I don't know. Right? Right? And things like that go on. And we think in terms of punishment. But discipline goes way beyond punishment. Look at the, 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 one of the, the, um, the, the definitions I found says, discipline is, as a noun, it means punishment, but it also means, check this out, it's much more than just punishment. It's instruction, it's training that corrects or molds or perfects the mental faculties or moral character. This is not out of a Bible dictionary. This is out of a regular dictionary. Okay. It also, as a verb, it means, we think along these lines, to punish or penalize for the sake of discipline. That's always the first definition somehow. That's our first thought. But it also means to train or develop by instruction and exercise. There is a scriptural basis for this. It involves instruction. It involves gaining understanding. It involves doctrine. It involves starting early. It involves the forming of the heart. It help, it, it's there to help help. Children and us truly live. It's there to provide wisdom. It's there for health. It's there to decipher, listen, right and wrong. And and this discipline is lifelong. Are you hearing me? See, sometimes us parents can't wait for the kids to get out of the house. Because then we're done with them. Oh, no, you're not. Listen, I've told kids this before. The Bible says, honor your father and mother, right? Right? That's the commandment, right? For it will be good with you, and your life will be long upon the earth, it says, right? You know what it doesn't say? Honor your father and mother until you're 18. 
It doesn't say that. Look in there, I'm telling you. It doesn't say honor your father and mother until you move out of the house. It doesn't say honor your mother and father as long as you feel like it. You hear me? It doesn't. There's a lifelong implication here. Now, let, get, let me get this right. That, the, the sort of discipline and instruction we receive changes over time. We must leave our father and mother and cleave unto our spouse. The Bible tells us that. But there's an element of honoring that means to esteem highly, to value input. It means to, to, to grow a, a alongside of. It means there's all this stuff that we tend to leave behind. You know what? One of the people I go to the most when I'm making a, a big decision in life, you know who it is? My dad. Not because I want him to tell me what to do, but because I value, I honor his, his opinion and his insight. He's been places I've not yet been. He's got understanding from the Father I don't yet have. And even though I'm, a, I'm an adult now raising my own kids, I still value his opinion. I still value his insight. I still value his wisdom. And sometimes he's got answers and sometimes he doesn't. But he prays with me. And we get where we need to go. It's lifelong. You as a parent, you should not try to over-exercise your authority as your, as your, as your children grow. You should, still exercise the, uh, you should still seek to exercise influence and counsel and wisdom and instruction. You're not off the hook when they get up and move out. When they run off to college. You're not. God never lets us off the hook, does he? Huh? He never said, okay, they're just good enough where they are. Let's go on. Whoop, boom, got the door, they go, right? No, he doesn't do that. He's never done that with us. Proverbs 4, listen to this. Here's, here's where our nation has got off track. Listen to these words. Proverbs chapter 4, starting with verse 1. We'll read down through 5 and read some other verses down through there. Hear, my children, the instruction of a father, and give attention to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine. Listen to these words, America. Listen to these words, nation. Listen to these words, church triumphant. Do not forsake my law. Huh? Solomon writes, when I was my father's son, tender, and the only one in the sight of my mother, he also taught me and said to me, it's a hard issue. He said, let your heart retain my words. Keep my commands and live. We have forsaken the law of God for the most part as a nation. Why are we in such turmoil? Because of that. We are no longer living in a state of life. We are living in a state of death. Correction is being given to us even now. You can call the economic crisis what you want to. I just believe God's saying, you know what? You've got to reprioritize. It ain't all about that. Anyway. Somebody bring me a soapbox. I will jump right up on there. He says, get wisdom. And it was amazing to me. God sent me along this path like a week and a half ago. I've been to formulate. And you know what we prayed about this morning on several occasions? That we need wisdom, but that wisdom comes from where? Almost. The Bible says the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And we have left that in the dust somewhere. He's our buddy, he's our friend, yes, but he is also our father, he is our king, he is our God, he is sovereign, he is powerful, he is all-knowing, he is, he is beyond everything else on this planet, and he deserves reverence, and listen, he can exercise a mighty hand if he wants to, and he deserves 
to be feared. His plans for us are for good. Do you hear me? But he tells us, listen, if you get off the path, I'll remove the hedge. I'll take it right off of here. Listen to me. We need the discipline of the Lord in our homes and in our nation. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth, he says. Verse 11 says, I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in right paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered. And when you run, you will not stumble. Take firm hold of instruction. Do not let go. Keep her, for she is your life. Listen, in all this, all this time of moral relativism, there is a right and there is a wrong. There is a good decision, there is a bad decision. There is evil and there is good. You have to choose, just like Joshua said. Choose you this day whom you will serve, he said. Choose life, he encouraged them. Choose life. Hmm. Verse 20 says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. See, in all this stuff going around the nation, the real issue is what's going on in here. Because, listen, if, a, if God has a person's heart, everything else will fall into line. And that, that, and that's at whatever level of government, whatever level of life, whatever level of anything. If he's got their heart, things can be done correctly. Life can go on as it's supposed to. I'm sorry. I'm pretty agitated a little bit. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and perverse lips far from you. Your eyes should look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. God gives us some great instruction here in Proverbs chapter 4. If you're wondering what to do, how to get, a, get through this, this horrible time, get back to what the scriptures say, find the path, and walk in it. Don't listen to any of the news organizations. Don't listen to the newspaper. Don't pay attention. Surely don't pay attention to Hollywood celebrities. I don't care which side of the aisle they're on. Are you hearing me? Since, since when does somebody who gets paid to act like somebody else have any sense anyway? That's all I'm going to say about that. Oh, I'm agitated. Dis <clears throat> the motivation of all discipline is one motivation. And if it's any other motivation, it's a wrong motivation. The motivation for all discipline is love. Listen to Proverbs 13, 24. He who spares his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. This word promptly doesn't necessarily mean quickly, like right on the spot. You, know. you, you guys have heard the comedian Dennis Swanberg? You've heard of him? He talks about his, his, his dad used to be one of those guys, you whoop the child where they commit to sin. You know, wham, just right there in front of God and everybody. Walking through Walmart, wherever, just if they mess up, bam, just put it to them, you know. Well, that's not to say what it means. This word promptly means to do it early and diligently. It means you've got to get started ASAP. 
Some of you are going, man, I'm not, I, I just became a Christian. My kids are already teenagers. Listen, it's, it, it's never too late to start instructing them in righteousness. So you say, well, we weren't Christians when my kids were growing up, and now they're up and grown, and I don't know. Listen, it's never too late to start giving them godly counsel. It's never too late to start working with them. Today is the day of salvation. The Bible says, get on it right now. Those of you who have young kids, get on it right now and get consistent and stay on it. Out of love. See, the, the, the Bible says, if, if you don't discipline and correct, and I hope you notice the terminology here. I know it's not very politically correct. He who spares his rod hates his son. There is a place for corporal types of punishment. It should be the last resort. Let me say that. It should be something you just run into right off the bat. The kid walks up and you just, bam, you know, just let him have it. Don't listen to me. But listen, I'd rather, have a, I'd rather give a kid a slap like that on the top of his hand for getting into something that could potentially hurt him than have his hand completely burnt to a crisp on this side because he's not listening to me. Do you hear me? If my son walks up to, the, to, to a stove that's hot and he's got, I'm going, get away, stay away from that, and he doesn't back off, and I go like that, that hurts a little bit, yes. But if he goes like this, that's big time pain, big time hurt. I'd rather inflict that little bit of pain to, to, to avoid the big pain. Are you with me? The Bible does say, spare the rod, spoil the child. You know what? It should be, oh, I'm going to get ahead of myself. Some kind, I don't know if you guys are like me. When I was a kid, sometimes I just needed a good spanking. I don't know. And every one of them I got that I can remember, I really deserved. And I turned out okay. My self-esteem is well intact. Thank you very much. I see some people look around going, dude, that's me too. Yes. I'm with you, brother. I'm just saying. The Bible talks about our, our, our Father in heaven. Listen to this. Hebrews chapter 12, verses, verse 5 through 11 says, Have you forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as sons? My son, do not despise the chastening, the correcting of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens, and he, listen to these words, he scourges every son whom he receives. That gives you warm fuzzies, doesn't it? <laughs> he'll correct us. And sometimes he'll correct us hard because we need it. And that's what it takes to get us back on, path, on track. Paul and I were talking yesterday as we ate lunch. You know what? This nation as a whole is just like the nation of Israel. We are just like them. You read the book of Judges. You read First and Second Kings. You read First and Second Chronicles. God, God's blessing comes. We wander off the path. And he's got to bring correction to get us back. And sometimes that, that correction is very intense. He used the likes of dictators and kings who were vicious to bring his people back on track because they wouldn't listen to him otherwise. Some of you have had kids. Sometimes you can scream, yell, talk, discuss, do whatever, and they just keep going right into the burner. You know what I mean? And you've got to take some drastic action sometimes to get them back on track. God will do no less with us because he loves us. And he sees us heading toward destruction. He will do whatever it takes to get us back on the path. Is that good? I'm thankful for that. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as a son. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. You know what that means? You're not a son. You're not, you're not really a true son if, you don't, if, you, if, 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 the, if a father doesn't correct you. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not more readily be in subjection to the father of spirits and live? 
You see, the, you, see the, you see the motivation here? It's live, live, live. Life, life, life. Hope, hope. It's, ev- it's everywhere. Wow. That's an amen, I think. As Flo Cameron would say, that's the hey of God. For they indeed, for a few days, chasing us, it seemed best to them, but, but he, for our profit, he says, that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening seemed to be joyful for the present, but painful. Like Belinda said, nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those, listen to these words, who have been trained by it. I'm rolling through this, man. Ooh, we need the correction of God. We are off track. Your children need your discipline, your correction, your training. They need somebody to come alongside them because they love them. Put their arm around them and say, you know what? This is the way we've been taught to walk. This is, bless God, this is the way we're going to walk. Huh? I'm praying for you to make right decisions. Listen, this is what the scripture says about what you're facing. Grab their hand and walk the path with them. You hear me? That goes good for any age. It's all about relationship. Let me say this. Discipline motivated by anger or any other thing will not produce a desired end. Ooh, I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not clicking fast enough. You know why some of you guys have problems with your kids? Because you go through this ordeal. Don't do that. I said don't do that. I'm telling you, if you do that one more time. Did you hear what I said? I said one more time. I'm telling you. One more time. Wait till your dad gets home. You know, and what happens is, because we don't deal with it promptly, early, quickly, it grows where it, it's not out of love anymore. It's because we're so angry we can't take it anymore. And if you just be a person of your word as a parent and say, you know what, I said no. And before you ever get angry, deal with it. See, they, they get conf- kids can get confused. You might be disciplining them for the right reasons, but if they don't understand that, they're going, well, mom and dad, did it. they're just mad at me. I must be just horrible. What's wrong with me? I can't do anything right. If you just deal with it and get it on, that's, 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 that's how you should. That's how God deals with us. He says, you know what? How, how many of you guys know immediately when you do something that you know is not right, how quickly does the Lord come in and remind you of that? Anybody? Me, it's quick. I don't know about you. Just real quick. I can feel the chastening of the Holy Spirit almost like, yeah. Because God wants us to realize it's because he loves us that he's doing, that he's asking us to change. He's asking us to make a right decision. James 1.20 says this. It, it, you know what? Some kids, that's all they've experienced from their parents. They only discipline when they're angry, ever. And then the kid has the wrong idea. James 1.20 says, the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. That's true in your home, people. The Bible right before that says, be slow to speak, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. For the wrath of God does not produce the righteousness of God. The wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Ephesians 6.4 says this, do not provoke your children to wrath. When you're not consistent, that makes them angry. Because everything changes from day to day. One day it's wrong, the next day it's right. Well, if you petition long enough and compromise far enough, and you, 
then they never know where the lines are and they become very frustrated. And they know how to work, some of you. I'll bet some of you parents even had this. Mom said no, but I'll go ask dad. Has that ever happened? Usually Rachel and I's quickest response is, well, what did your mom say? Or what did your dad say? And even if we disagree with their decision, we go, well, that's what they said. And then we have a discussion later. Because you know what? We want them to see consistency. We want them to know that, 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 that we have the best for them. And they're not going to put us against, pit us against each other. That's just not going to happen. It's too important for them to live in a stable home for them to see us aggravating over them. I'm just saying, I don't know. Let me say this, out of love, figure out your child's bent and provide discipline in a way that they get it. We've got four children in our house. We've not yet figured out this one yet, what his discipline, what, what, what kind of things he gets and doesn't get. But the other three, we've got it kind of figured out. Our oldest, the biggest discipline she needs is a loud voice. And she crumbles. The other one, the, 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 the next girl... Oh, help her, Jesus, please. (laughs) You could yell all day long, and she'd be like, what? (laughs) Are you, were you saying something to me? (laughs) And so we found that an occasional standing in the corner or not getting something that she wants works for her. And occasionally she gets a spanking because she needs it. That's one way you can get her attention. Because if you just talk, she's just like... Now Caleb, he's a whole other story. Sierra just has attention deficit, that's all. I mean, that's it. She's just like, she's just elsewhere, someplace else. I just, Christiana's very soft-hearted. You get loud, she just, I don't know, I'm sorry, I don't know. Cable, on the other hand, if you say no, he goes ballistic. <laughs> Jumping, screaming, yelling. Ah! And so we use several tactics on him. It's the corner. <laughs> It's getting right down in his face, nose to nose, trying to have a conversation. It's a chair with a timer. We have to put all the stops with him. Every kind of tactic you would imagine, we put to use. Okay? You know what? You should get to know your kids well enough to know what works for them. And because you discipline one kid one way doesn't mean the other one gets it, gets it that way. Okay? You should get to know them. You should love them to the extent that, that, we, that, that you, can, you can know how to... You know what? And God knows us well enough to know. Sometimes when we're off track, he will hit us in the pocketbook and say, wait just a minute. Sometimes he'll come at us through a friend who can speak a word of, in season to us and say, hey, get back on track. And he knows, just like Christiana, that word is spoken to us. We'll go, oh, yeah, you're right. And there's other times he's got to give us a time out and he's got to say, sit down and listen to me real quick. And there's others of us, he's going to just like pull out all the arsenal. He loves us enough to know each of us individually, and he cares enough to make sure we get it. 
you know what I think he's doing right now with the United States? I think he's pulling out all the stops. He's pulling out the rug, saying, get it together. Pay attention. Get it. I'm sorry. Let's go. We're on a track. We're going to get there. The purpose of all this is because he's got two purposes. He wants to lead us to our destiny as we should. Remember Proverbs 22, 6 talks about training in the way that they should go when they're old and not depart from it. There's a place he wants us to get to. But also Proverbs 19 says this, chasing your son while there's hope and do not set your heart on his destruction. If you don't bring correct discipline and training, if God doesn't bring correct discipline and training, then there's no hope. There's only destruction. Do you get that? I'm not pleased with everything we've had to go through of late. You think about everything our nation's been through over the last, let's say, 10 years. We've been through 911. We've watched Katrina happen. How many forest fires can there be? How many floods can we have? Now the floor of the economy's fell out of the, fallen out. What do you think God's trying to do? He's trying to correct us while there's yet hope so that there's not utter destruction. What do you think? Earthquakes and all sorts of crazy stuff. I mean, think about it. It's amazing how many hurricanes that are catastrophic do we have to live through before we get it? Huh? While there's hope, bring discipline. Proverbs 19.20 is more of a a connection to the, the children. Listen to counsel and receive instruction that you may be wise in your latter days. There's a destination to get to later on in life. Listen and be wise and walk in that so you can get where you need to be, so you can achieve the destiny you were always meant to have, so you can walk in the purpose you were always meant to walk in. All of you have a destiny and a purpose, and sometimes God brings correction. And it's difficult, and it's painful, but it's because he sees down the path of where you're supposed to be. And he asks you to get there, and he wants you to walk in his power and his strength in his ways. Are you with me? You should do the same for your children. As you're disciplining your children, you should not see what's going on right here in the here and now. You should look down the road and see the destiny God has for them. And make all of your decisions where correction, where training, where 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 where. Uh, instruction or concern and do everything to get them there everything you can to get them there it also is to create and form character proverbs night proverbs 20 there's several verses there we're gonna read all of them but you can go back and look at them later on, on in, in in your week foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child the rod of correction will drive it far from him bible says we can be foolish but the character of god brings discipline and therefore creates more character of God. When we discipline correctly. You know, he keeps referring to a rod over and over again. Corporal punishment is, is designed to get people's attention. Like I said, I needed it. I needed it bad at times. I needed help. I'm much like my daughter. I, had some, I got some ADD running around in my veins. And I have a hard time staying focused at times. And that, it says a rod for a reason. It doesn't say get out a whip. But that's out of control. You know what it never talks about? Which sometimes I struggle with. I'll be honest about that. I just, I'm, sometimes I get quick and I just want to deal with something right now. I don't want to go get some other instrument. But you know what they told me in Bible college I've been trying to work on? They said, listen, it says a rod for a reason. It's easily controllable. And the only thing they should, that, that your children should associate with your touch personally is love. 
That's why God never tells you to use your hand or any other part of your body to inflict discipline. Isn't that amazing that God is that explicit? Huh? Isn't that amazing? And that's only when necessary. That's not something you should do every day of the week. You hear me? I'm not for beating kids. I'm just not. I hate it. My wife will tell you, I hate it. I've cried on several occasions because I'm like, I know I got to do this, but I really don't want to. Listen, Proverbs 29, 17, correct your son and he will give you rest. Yes, he will give delight to your soul. You guys don't want, want that? You want your son to give you delight and give you rest? Ephesians 6, 4 says, do not bring your to wrath, but bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. The whole purpose is to bring them to destiny and to form the character of Christ in them. God's disciplining us to get us to a destiny and to form his character more greatly in us. The tactics that we'll use here. Deuteronomy chapter 6, it's all about, it's all about um, relationship. Really, listen to these words. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6 says, And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. Again, it's a heart issue. It starts there and then grows outward. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them. I'm sorry, get back. Talk of them, verse 7. That's, that, that, that's, an, that's an opportunity for, for, for discussion. It's an opportunity for talking. It's an opportunity for relationship. Then he says, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. He says, not only should you talk about them, you should live them. When you, every morning you get up, every day you go to bed, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up, it should be, your, your, not only should your words speak, your life should speak from the time the sun goes up until it goes down every day. He says, and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand. They shall be as frontless between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. He's saying you should be consistent wherever you go, whatever your hands find you do. The principles that lead you to correct your children should dictate to you the rest of your life how you live. And God asks us to be the same way. He asks us to live as examples in this planet. He asks us to talk of him on our way. He asks of us to be consistent as Christians. He asks that of us. Listen. He asks that of us, not only to talk a good talk, but to walk a good walk. He asks of us to make good decisions when we walk into the voting booth. Be consistent. Don't cross over into fear and make decisions based on other things. Listen, he says, he wants us to remain involved. He said, when your son asks, verse 20. In other words, you've got to be close enough for your children to ask you questions. You've got to be close enough, involved in their lives to the point they're willing to ask you questions. And they're willing to come to you for counsel. When your son asks, be involved. You in time to come and saying, what is the meaning of these testimonies, these statutes, and the judgment which the Lord our God has commanded you? Then you shall say to your son, here's conversation again. We were slaves in, of Pharaoh in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. The Lord showed signs and wonders before our eyes, great and severe against Egypt, Pharaoh, and all his household. Then he brought us out from there that he might bring us in to give us the land of which he swore to our fathers. And the Lord commanded us to observe all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God. Listen to these words. For our good always. Not just sometimes. Not just once in a while. He asked us to follow him and to walk into his training for our good always, that he might preserve us alive. There's that concept again. It's for life and not death. It's for goodness and not destruction as it is this day. 
Then it will be for us righteousness, which is right relationship with him, if we are careful to observe all these commandments from the Lord our God, as he's commanded us. Do you see that? He's talking about building relationship. He doesn't even mention here in this passage of Scripture about implementing any kind of corporal punishment. He says, listen, I want it to be about relationship between you and your children. I want it to be a relationship between you and me. Let's sit and talk about them. Let's converse about them. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty. Let's talk about what God's done for us and how he's delivered us, how he's moved us, how he's helped us. Let's, be a, let's use it for a case of drawing. You know, whenever... I'm getting excited. Whenever our kids have a faux pas and we have to deal with it, we, we exercise whatever kind of correction needs to be taken care of. You know what we try to do? We try and sit down and talk to them about it afterwards. You know what? Do you know why, that, why we had to do that? Do you understand what God expects of us here? Do you know why that could be really detrimental to your future? And we try and have conversation and, and help lead them in that. So that they, don't under, they understand it's not just about us being angry. It's about us wanting relationship with them. We want it to grow. It's not about us being mean or angry. It's about us helping them get where they need to go and us always being an asset to them, not a detriment to them. That's the way it should be. Christians, God's put people around your life to speak into your life, and he uses them for correction sometimes. And you should use it for an element of relationship to them and for him and let them draw you close because they can see things you can't see about you are you hearing me and that's God's grace and his mercy reaching out to us you know God's discipline and his are designed to bring us into order to bring blessing to us Psalm Psalm 19 says the law of the Lord is perfect converting the soul the testimony of the Lord is sure making wise the simple the statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The command of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of our Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey in the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned. And in keeping them, there is great reward. Do you hear that? Listen to this, Hebrews 8. 10, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind, and I will write them on their hearts. Now listen to this, 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 this move towards relationship. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. We will all be together, he says, on the same page, going in the same direction. He said, listen, I, I, I put these things in place to draw you closer to me. Jesus says these words, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Listen, God has written in this word right here everything we need to know about life. He says, walk in my ways and you will live. Walk in my ways, you will find reward. Walk in my ways, you will find blessing. Choose not to and you'll find all sorts of other stuff. Destruction and death. And you make choices every day that determine whether you're going to receive that blessing. or. Like. And you know what? God ever stands like this saying, you know what? Here I am, come to me. Right now, some of you may be, may be experiencing discipline from the Lord. You're trying to figure out why the wheels have fallen off the cart and you, you can't get anywhere. And you know what he's saying? He's saying, listen, I have stopped you so you don't go any further to your destruction. He said, listen, I'm, I'm reaching out to you. 
My grace is extended towards you. My life is handed out to you. But you've got to grab a hold of it, and you've got to refuse to not to let go. Let's stand. You've got some things to consider. Some of you have got to determine you're going to get started now. You've got to determine that, you know what, maybe I've been off track both in my walk with Christ and there's been some correction that's come my way, but also maybe I'm in, I, I, I got correction I need to begin to implement with my children. Maybe they're not walking as they need to walk and maybe I'm not doing what my part in doing it. Maybe I've only handed them anger and frustration. I'm not loved in the way I needed to. I've not handed out this one the way I needed to. And today's the day to get started. Some of you just need to, 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 to determine that, that you understand that even though when harsh things come our way, that's God's grace being extended to you. I'm not out for your utter destruction, he says. I'm out for your utter growth in me, in character, in purpose, in destiny. I want to do good things in your life, but you know what? You keep going the wrong way. God's screaming to America right now. You're going the wrong way. Please turn it around. He is. We're like that kid that keeps running toward the fire, even though our father's going, no, no, no. We just keep running headlong into it. If you're here today and you'd say, you know what? I've not experienced, I've, I've not recognized what all this hard time is about. There are some priorities of mine that are out of shape, and I need to come back to the Lord and get back on track. You need to, leaders come, I'm sorry. Leaders, please come. You need to come and, and, and seek prayer and say, you know what, I'm coming back. I'm getting back on track. You know what you need to do? Some of you parents need to make a, an accountability agreement with, 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 with someone and say, you know what, I'm going to get back to parenting the way God told me to. I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to be involved. I'm going to drop some of my extracurricular activities so I can get involved in the lives of my kids so they will ask me questions. Some of you need to just come to Christ in the first place. You've never known Christ, maybe. And you're wondering why life is messed up the way it is. And you know what he's saying? He's trying to put every roadblock in your way to keep you from your destruction. And he's saying, please come. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. There are leaders all across this room right here who will pray with you, who help you get back on track. Let's pray. Father, in this room, God, we realize that, Lord, we need your corrective measures in our lives, both individually, as families, and as a nation. God, pour out of your goodness in our lives and pull us back on track. We, Lord, we covet your discipline. We covet your training because your word tells us you do that because you love us. And so, Lord God, we come to you right now asking that you would have your way in our lives. God, help us to be better parents. Help us to be better citizens. Help us to live as better Christians, Jesus, above all else. God, we need your help. Holy Spirit, we need your empowerment even to begin to walk this path. And so we ask you to come in your fullness and in your power. Lord, I do pray that, God, you would do a work in this place. 
Some of you may be in need of a physical touch from the Lord. Your body is wore out and tired. He says, come. Get agreement in prayer. Have somebody pray alongside of you and, and receive that. We had a word this morning about somebody who's having an issue with a left elbow. And it, it, it believed it was, a, it was a, like a bone spur, like a, like, a, like a calcium deposit. Come and have God touch you there. He sends his word to heal us. Come and get prayer. Come to Christ and receive everything he has for you. Come now. Don't wait. Move quickly. Move fast. Some of you need encouragement. Come get it. Come get it right now. Father, we bless you and we love you. In your name we pray. Amen. If you need prayer, come. Quickly. Lord. Let me tell you Thank you, Jesus. Christians, you should pray right now where you sit, where you stand. Don't just observe, participate. Jesus, Jesus. 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 Jesus.